Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Welcome to the Truth Minute. Today we're reading from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, the wisest man Solomon writes and says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. There is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is time for everything. In his book, The Cure, John S. Lynch wrote that your brokenness is designed to bring out the identity, calling, and the thriving of one another. You might have been or maybe are still in a phase of your life where you're feeling low today, but weep no more for morning is coming when joy will be there. You might be at the top of the mountain today, but a time might come when you'll find yourself in the valley, deep down in the valley. But in all these, remember that one day David was a shepherd boy who was crowned to be a king 15 years later. Solomon, Moses was living in royalty and he spent 40 years in the wilderness. But when all these is said and done, it is done for nothing else other than the glory of God. Your time is coming. But when it comes, leave it for the glory of God. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome back to Amazing Truth Podcast. This is our first episode and recording for the year 2021. And I'm pumped and excited to be here. Uh, and what makes me even more excited is the fact that I'm I'm, I'm here with uh, two wonderful guests who are going to be speaking to us today. And uh, I don't want to, uh, to, to do it. I don't want to... To misrepresent them by introducing them in a way that is not right. <laughs> so I'm going to give them the honors right now to just introduce themselves by the name that they like to go by. And then I will be taking you through uh, today's podcast. Well, with them. my name is Canon. My name is Nancy. And uh, we are part, uh, you know, you know me, I'm a part host uh, of the Amazing Truth podcast. And Nancy is my lovely wife. Uh, amazing, amazing. I was trying to see if there is that. How do you introduce yourselves in moments <laughs> like these? Uh, but for the listeners out there today, we are graced with the obicos. Uh, yeah. I, ho- I hope that is okay. I don't want to yeah. butcher <laughs> your introduction. The obicos in the house. That's right. And uh, we are excited to have them here today. I mean, Kenan is used to doing what I'm doing today. So, yeah. But today is on the other side. I tell you, as it's, a it's, guest. it's hard to be on this side. <laughs> it's hard to be on this side, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. used to it. Um, 
But to the listeners, as usual, my name is Ezra, and I'm excited to have you guys here today. The Amazing Truth Podcast families is glad to have you, and thank you for the work that you do in this in this ministry of Amazing Truth Podcast. I just wanted to just not. I don't want to take time because today, today we are in for a treat. We are in for a good stories. You want to meet the Obikos? Now, some of you spend time watching shows, and I don't know who you'll be watching. The Kardashians. Other people spend time there watching. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where are you going with that? Millie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, whoever it is, they watch. Uh, but uh, it's it's an honor to have you guys yeah. here Thank today, you. and um, we just want to hear your story and what God has done in your lives. And so, I will not be taking much of your time. So, tell us, when did you guys meet? How long have you been married? And uh, what has what has that been like? Hmm. Maybe let me ask Nancy because Ken and you always talk. Let me ask <laughs> Nancy. Nancy, how long have you been married? And uh, um, tell us a little bit about the Obikos. Well, uh, we met in the year 2009, got engaged in October 2010. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we met uh, Thanksgiving 2009, got engaged uh, October 2010, got married July 2011. Well, thank you so much for sharing. If I would have asked Ken, and probably would have remembered the years. <laughs> no, it's alone. So I'm glad that he did ask you. Uh, and so you've been married. So going by the numbers, you you've been um, you've ten years now. Nine going ten. Nine going ten. Yeah. Nine going ten. So you've been married for almost a decade now. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Some you. people they break up after year one, but congratulations, <laughs> and we pray that you guys will continue going strong. Marriage has been a happy journey. I want to believe, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But we've had uh, lots of ups and downs. Marriage yes. yeah. is not perfect. Uh, you know, some expectations that you have in marriage, and then once you're in it, that's when you realize that things are deep. Mm-hmm. So, so you come into marriage with some, you know, you have a you have a vision, you have a thing that you've always been envisioning, right? Mm-hmm. Ken, and how's marriage been for you? It's been. Uh, it's been. Good, mm-hmm. um, like for, it's not been perfect okay. for even it's not been perfect, but it's good. It's been good. God has been gracious to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we I can say it's the 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 reason why I say it's good is because we first of all we have each other, mm-hmm. and we have two beautiful kids. You know we have kids that we have uh, two two children, a girl and a boy. Mm-hmm. Our oldest is five, and our youngest is three. Uh, so that's for for me personally. That's that's been the highlight mm-hmm. of of or the culmination of of that's the perfect union that God entails for us in uh-huh. a marriage. The kids that we see, if we see them running around, uh-huh. eating, growing, mm-hmm. getting those milestones. I think that's been uh, the the biggest highlight for for me for us. You know, thank you for redeeming yourself, Kenan. Because <laughs> I was going to ask myself, you're just talking about yourselves, <laughs> but uh, I I mean, it's amazing right. to. To 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 see your your daughter Nolan and I mean Nalani and your son Nolan, mm-hmm. uh, and you said they are five and five and five and three five, yes. five and three. <laughs> 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 Thank you for confirming <laughs> five and three. Five and, uh, three. five and three. All right, uh, definitely. So you guys said that there's been ups, there's been downs. Um, mm-hmm. By far, what has been what has what is that? What are some of the moments that you say? Okay, you've said the highs is just being together having the kids and all that. Mm-hmm. So walk us through that journey, you know. How has it been for you guys? What has been the lowest moment in your life? What does what does that look like? Um we've had numerous mm-hmm. hundreds 
of low moments mm-hmm. and uh and and one thing before i even go to the the one that was the lowest i think um in life god takes you those high places mm-hmm. you know and you you're there you are you know you are hallowing in that presence of joy and mm-hmm. happiness and you're you're happy you know when you're happy you tend to forget things mm-hmm. and for us i think when you are high in those high moments mm-hmm. you know we we seldomly kept god close to us mm-hmm. and and you know and then god gets you through uh low moments mm-hmm. and i don't want to say he took us through this low moment so we can remember who he is mm-hmm. but i think i always tell my wife is that when god takes us through those low moments mm-hmm. it's because he knows that we can handle it mm-hmm. he knows that if he gives those tests even yours Ezra the mm-hmm. test the low moments that god mm-hmm. takes you through he knows that you will mm-hmm. go through them yep. and you will uh, you'll overcome them so those for us those are the lessons we take from our low moments and i think um among us the low moments the the one that was our lowest was when we when we lost our child uh we our first child mm-hmm. um that that was the and and to be honest as this is this, we haven't we've never shared this <laughs> this story with with anybody mm-hmm. uh let alone bring it up in a podcast yeah, yeah so it's but i feel that when we were down in those low moments we yearned to hear someone going through the same thing and we never we never got we never had anyone you know mm-hmm. and that to say that for us when when you're in a marriage in that, those four walls it's hard for you to share what's going on inside so let so, me let, let me sorry i didn't want to cut no. you off because this is your story and today I'll, i want to be an active listener yes so you have to pray for me through this uh the lowest moment is when you lost your child and you and i had if i had you correctly saying uh your first child Our meaning first child. is more than one right yes yes um go ahead, go ahead we now. had um we had our first child we lost uh him through a stillbirth a 20 29 weeks pregnant and then we had two more miscarriages so in your marriage of 10 years you have had three miscarriages miscarriages right and uh, today you have two lovely children so total of five children that potentially you could have had you're going to give and take whatever right, god's right. plans are right and 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 was these were these before the you know nalani or was these after before nalani so these are the first three you've been married now yeah these the are first few years yeah. and that the was first four years the first four years married. i think uh, we lost us uh, uh, son um the 20 there was a fa- the first year 2012 so 2012 so you got so married got in july. july 2011 and then uh god was gracious we got pregnant almost i want to say immediately mm-hmm. but then so we and then uh june 1st is when we we had the stillbirth so you've been married since your first first year mm-hmm. you know honeymoon phase they say mm-hmm. uh, although those who have been married i don't know how long those honeymoon phases last <laughs> because you're adjusting to each other you're also loving each other you're right. also, you know mm-hmm. a- a- and boom you know you lost your first child how many weeks 29 weeks 29 weeks yeah that was uh, about 7 months pregnant yeah. 7 months wow so 7 months into the pregnancy two more months did you lose your child your son you said your son yeah. yeah how how was that tell us more a little bit nancy and and that by the way as we share that our listeners as you're listening these are very 
you know, first of all, thank you guys for choosing to share it to us in a podcast because you've said you've never shared it to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is amazing truth uh, where we try to be as real as possible, but at the same time, it's a place for healing. Yeah. And, a and place where we use it to, for the, not yeah. for your own sake, but for the sake of God. So yeah. I'm going to turn back to Nancy. Um, so, so walk us through that experience. So, yeah, uh, like Kenan said, we've we've not shared our story like with a multitude of people, mm. but we've shared our story one-to-one. Like mm-hmm. when people go, th- go through stuff, they've been approaching us and, you know, we share our story, you know, just to help and carry them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was like one of the most difficult moments of our marriage because, mm-hmm. you know, the pregnancy was not, I would say it wasn't, I had pregnancy. I didn't have any symptoms that would have shown that I was a high risk pregnancy lady mm-hmm. or there was nothing like I wasn't bleeding, I wasn't in pain. Mm-hmm. Things were just going smoothly. And then one day I just woke up with an instinct that things were not okay mm-hmm. because my baby was not kicking. Mm-hmm. And I went to the clinic and the lady uh, did a Doppler ultrasound and mm-hmm. she said she could hear the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. She sent me back home. Mm-hmm. And when I reached back home, I used to work night shift at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and this was around 11 in the morning mm-hmm. and I was alone. Kenan used to work like two hours away. Mm-hmm. So he used to go like on a Sunday and come back on Friday or mm-hmm. Monday morning and come back on Friday. So I was alone at the clinic. Mm-hmm. So once the lady told me that uh, she could hear the heartbeat, all and that's all I wanted to know. So mm-hmm. the next thing I did was like I was super tired because I had worked the night before. Mm-hmm. I decided to go home and rest mm-hmm. so that I could wake up to go to work at night. Mm-hmm. So once I got home, the first thing I did was just go to sleep. But when I woke up, she had texted me and told me that she needs me to go to the ER. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would she tell me that? Yet she had told me that everything is okay and she Mm -hmm. could feel the heartbeat of the baby. Mm -hmm. So that's when even the instinct kicked in more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having the kind of job I had at the time, I had to show up for my work. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I was going to lose my job. Mm -hmm. So I went to work. But the first thing I did as soon as the shift was done, was to ask uh, a friend of ours to take me to the hospital, mm-hmm. the main the main hospital, HCMC. Mm-hmm. So we drove there, and uh, I the, the nurse apparently had already contacted the hospital and told them I was going to be coming, so they were expecting me. Mm-hmm. So once I got there, the first thing the doctor did, I remember, was to do the ultrasound because I told them I, I can't feel the mm-hmm. kicks. Mm-hmm. So once she did the ultrasound, everything else is a blur after mm-hmm. that. But I just remember seeing so many people in the room because mm-hmm. when she couldn't feel the heartbeat, she took me to another special room. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I remember seeing was like a lot of people. Sometimes I tend to feel like those were angels mm-hmm. watching after me because I, I, I can't even comprehend what was mm-hmm. going on. All I remember is seeing so many people and looking at the screen and just seeing um, my baby, but it's just, you know, like mm-hmm. a still picture, mm-hmm. not moving, like what I was used to seeing at uh, the previous ultrasound. So I remember just looking at that picture and seeing all these people and 
kind of just wondering what was going on mm-hmm. and that's when they started asking me who are you with i told them i'm here with a friend actually i, I think i told them i'm here with my brother mm-hmm. they called him in and then he called Kenan and called our best man and that's when they came so Kenan you are far away mm-hmm. yeah man i i remember that morning like it happened yesterday i was yeah i was in uh, muslik mm. i was working in muslik that's in um, about uh, 45 minutes from duluth so about okay. two and a half hour drive mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was I did my groups that morning I was doing group therapy. Um so I did my groups and um uh I think I you I think I went for a break and then oh no no. Someone called me. I think it was my boss who called me or something. Mm-hmm. So they called me and like they wanted uh and I I so I got the call and then um the friend who the friend who took uh, Nancy to the hospital uh, was on the phone. And yeah, they told me just you need to come. And then I tried to I think I tried to talk to Nancy and she couldn't talk. She was couldn't hysterical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they told me, yeah. I mean, they they told me. They told me, yeah, you So, so what's you, going on in your mind at this point as the um, husband? You're you're far away. Exactly. Your wife is going this. Exactly. You just said it right. I'm far away. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I'm far away. I can't be there. Mm-hmm. I can't be there. I don't know what's going on. What she, what state she's in. I've, at that moment I'm I'm just saying, okay, I need to go. I need to be there. I was far mm-hmm. and when you're far as a man mm-hmm. you know we tend to we, we like to solve things mm-hmm. and this was a problem mm-hmm. but you're far away mm-hmm. and the news you've just had is that you've lost someone so. and you're thinking so I my solve mode came into play so and I, so I went and talked to my boss I told him you know what I I got to go I I told him I said my wife we just lost our baby I got to go so it was it was uh it was a long a long drive it was a long drive <sighs> nancy yeah. you're in the hospital you're seeing these people these are imaginary people or are they real people and what are the to dog- date i still can't comprehend comprehend i remember the doctor herself mm. and she was like the nicest doctor mm. ever and she kept comforting me and she kept encouraging me and she was a christian and she kept you know telling me to believe that it's going to be okay mm-hmm. so and i was clinging on to those words mm-hmm. even though i knew that i had just lost a part of me that i would never regain mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. and if the friend who was there too was a, a very good um friend and he really helped go through those moments and uh, communicate with kenan and our uh, maid of honor and our best man. Is let me let me paint a, a grim picture. Mm-hmm. You know we are saying you lost a baby. Mm. But the baby is still in you. Mm-hmm. You get that? Mm-hmm. You've lost someone. Mm-hmm. You you've already started going through that process of mourning. Mm-hmm. But then you still have to give birth. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it still birth. Mm. Like you suddenly have to all the plans all the future plans that you had for this baby you have to put them on hold actually not on hold like they all have they to all come end. to a stop yeah. they all end and you start planning something else so the the doctor started preparing me immediately even before Kenan arrived and she was like we have two options we i think she gave me three options she told me we can do a c section mm-hmm. you can have a normal bath mm-hmm. like we can induce you so that you can have a normal bath mm-hmm. 
or you can go home mm-hmm. and wait for the body to reject the baby mm-hmm. so that the process can start mm-hmm. and if the process starts then you'll start having labor pains and mm-hmm. then you can come back to the hospital mm-hmm. So she started preparing me and I I didn't want to hear any none mm-hmm. of it yeah. because first of all I was like let's wait for my husband. Mm-hmm. So while I was waiting I think you, sh- you showed up with Collins at the same time? Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I, no, I I found him there. I, no, he uh, I called him, I told him I was coming then he came and met me. Mm-hmm. I came and met me at the door. Yeah, so I remember. I still remember to this day. You know when you drive in the on the highways mm-hmm. and there's these posters. Mm-hmm. Um, How many miles to go? No, no. no there's the there's a, um, a child's. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they. Know how many weeks? They are yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So they try to. So it says, uh, "I'm I'm an embryo. My 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 heartbeat started." So, and for some reason, man, I started noticing those things, mm. those 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 banners, and it was it was hard to this day. Mm-hmm. I they they traumatize me. Mm-hmm. So I, like you're driving there and you don't know what to expect. You're hoping against hope mm-hmm. that oh, maybe maybe those machines were faulty. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe something is no because because I, I remember she uh, he used to kick sometimes sometimes doesn't kick our baby wasn't those babies who you know they kick all the time they play when you mm-hmm. go to an ultrasound they mm-hmm. they look for the and this we had learned <coughs> when I was about I think eighteen weeks pregnant mm-hmm. that I had a fibroid mm-hmm. and it was huge mm-hmm. and it used to prevent me from hearing the kicks mm-hmm. so. That baby in particular used to kick, but now when I compare with my other two babies, the kicks were different. Mm. And the position of the fibroid, they were saying it was in the uterus lining. So it it was kind of blocking the kicks, mm. like I couldn't hear the kicks. So we were hoping against all hope that mm. this that, that, was a lie. But the yeah. doctor was quick to tell me that, no, this is what yeah. is going on. Like. Yeah. Not to let me. They are fall trained back to tell you that, yeah, that then, false yeah. hope. Yeah, I think, and it, I think that's that's one good part of the training. Also, uh, me, being, me being in healthcare, we are told that tell the tell the patient the truth, mm-hmm. the facts, mm-hmm. and the fact was we were not coming back from this. So, man, this is um, this is heavy. This is heavy, <laughs> uh, guys. Um, my my mind is going through a lot of things right now. One is you still have to go through labor you, yeah. you know you still have to deal with that mm-hmm. number two is that maybe you could have saved the child if it were not for the yeah. nurse before and come home yeah so that's a whole that's a whole other, topic in itself. Uh, other topic on itself because later mm-hmm. after the whole thing after the birth and all that mm-hmm. i had some hospital staff asking me if i want to sue mm-hmm. the nurse mm-hmm. Two or three months later, they were still asking me if mm-hmm. I want to pursue that, but we chose not to. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens now? What what options did you choose now? Because you still have to go through labor. What what was that like? So I waited for Kenan to get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We, uh, with our friends who were there, we prayed mm-hmm. for like I believe it was about for the next three to four hours before mm-hmm. we decided what to do. Mm-hmm. We prayed. We were singing. We were just hoping against all hope that we would feel something. Mm-hmm. So the the whole ordeal started in the morning, mm-hmm. as early as I think I used to leave work at six, so as early as seven. Mm-hmm. And Kenan got there at around 
one. Mm-hmm. So for the next like five, six hours, we were still just praying and just hoping and just absorbing mm-hmm. everything that was going on, mm-hmm. just taking everything in. Mm-hmm. And by like, I think six or 7 p.m., that's when we were like, yeah, we, we let's we, just make a decision and mm-hmm. move forward so, with it. So our option with the option we chose was to induce labor. Mm-hmm. So they injected her with some some medication and then uh, we, they induced labor and the yeah, whole process they had was to go through the process of, of you're going through a process of birth yeah. for a child that yeah. you know is already yeah. dead mm-hmm. pretty and much and we're doing that so she doesn't die too she, that, that the mother doesn't die if the baby stays in longer mm-hmm. so yeah we're going through the motions we're waiting for the water to break all that stuff the uh, cramps and the contractions and the dilation and all those things and and it eventually it it happened and um the uh, we we the baby was given birth to the following day we started the process about midnight on a fr- on a friday going into saturday and then the baby was born the following day around 1 p.m. yeah yeah well, this is in context of timing. We're talking about married in, Ju- in July. This is in June. We're talking about the first year of marriage. You know, honeymooners, those who have that, you know, if if there is at all. I think there is honeymoon. I think I've learned to define it separately for yeah. every person, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, what next now? The baby is born. So she she was not in a position to so anyway the the baby the baby was born they 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 give you options if you want to see the baby mm-hmm. um my wife chose I chose to see uh I kind of wanted to know mm-hmm. how my little my if how the, uh, my baby would look like so mm-hmm. I kind of I wanted to see mm-hmm. so I we the, the baby was uh, born they took him to well, clean him up and they brought him back wrapped him in a blanket mm-hmm. And uh, um, she was. She had to still go through the the body to kind of go back mm-hmm. to itself. And yeah, she she chose not to. She, up to this day, she has never seen who. Uh, and that's part of her healing process. Mm-hmm. She has never yeah. th- chose to. I, I chose not to <coughs> see the baby today. Even the pictures are. Yeah. So we, we yeah. have a friend of ours who, who's kept the pictures for us. To date, I've never seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's because I wanted to remember my baby in a happy way. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to remember him mm-hmm. uh, in that state because everything was happening too fast for me. Mm-hmm. And for my emotional healing at the time, and even today, I feel like I just didn't want to remember my baby in that state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. that's how we dealt with it. And and for me, I had to see my baby. I had to, to see. Heal. I had to see for for my healing. I had to see. If I didn't see, then I I don't think it would be. And, and, so. and it's very interesting to hear both of your parents, but the coping or the healing yeah. process is very totally different. different yeah. And how do you accommodate each other in those specific minds? Um, so um, I think that um, what's interesting is. Currently, I'm ready to see the pictures, but he's not. I can't. Oh, really? I, I, do, I, I don't want to relieve. So anyway, let me tell you. So in the hospital, <laughs> when, 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 this thing, when they happen, mm-hmm. they, uh, they take pictures of the baby. Mm-hmm. Or they take like a normal photo shoot. Mm-hmm. 
take pictures with the baby they dress them nicely yeah. and and they, at the hospital they try to uh, the, the mm. social workers there shout out to social workers uh-huh. you know <laughs> I know you want to then see you yeah, show so yourself she, uh-huh. she she I still remember this she was tall mm-hmm. yeah she was very she was very nice mm-hmm. she made it nice she uh baby dressed the baby up uh took photos footprints and then there's a little poem a really nice poem I was trying to remember the words but I can't remember there was really touching words mm-hmm. um and at that moment Ezra you things don't make sense you mm-hmm. don't internalize things but these are things that I to this day I remember I remember those words and they have they really comforted me mm-hmm. and I think this again this is God who mm-hmm. is with you in that room mm-hmm. so they did the photo shoots and then um they they uh they give you time to mourn mm-hmm. so the baby was in a different room mm-hmm. so they kept the baby in a different room kind of like lying in state mm-hmm. so My and mom, that's because oh, I didn't want to see the baby. Yeah, otherwise he would have been in the room. Otherwise he would have been in our room. Yeah. So it was a different room. They were courteous enough to mm-hmm. block a whole room mm-hmm. for for us. And so they did friends that came they were able to see oh, my poor mom, man. My mom was here. Mm-hmm. And she was at home, man. Yeah. yeah was, breaking the news to her was like the that was thing. an African like, mom and you know how mm-hmm. we, they moan. Mm-hmm. It was it was hard, man. Mm-hmm. That was seeing on the floor like yeah. literally like screaming screaming yeah, that was lying down on the floor was so hard yeah that was, yeah that was that was difficult but anyway so yeah they they uh, he stayed there for for, for a long time mm. about five hours mm. yeah, for a long time and then eventually we said you know what ah it's and man they they have to ask you mm. you're the man right next of you they ask you now are you ready like ready man i kind of want are you ready we have to mm-hmm. Yeah, so you say yeah, I I have to man. I don't wish that to any 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 parent. Mm-hmm. Whoever I don't wish even to my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. No. I don't wish that to them. Mm-hmm. You never should see your child lying there and you're helpless. Mm-hmm. It's 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 difficult. Wow. Wow. Hey, listeners there you have it, you know, um it is um it is indeed um a story a story to tell a story to tell uh we're going to take a break and then when we come back we'll pick it up from there as uh, uh, stay put stay tuned don't try to step away because it's about to go to the next level this is the amazing truth podcast the amazing truth podcast listen to us on spotify apple podcast google podcast and stitcher like us on facebook at the amazing truth podcast The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome to Amazing Truth Podcast. Thank you for those who have been listening to us as we continue with this uh, amazing uh, yet, um, you know, touching and moving story. Uh, we want to let you know that uh, we will be doing this for the month of January. Please plan to tune in as we hear amazing stories from amazing people and how far they've walked in their journey. As usual, you can uh, uh, visit with us through our social media handles on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh through amazing truth podcast uh, you can also email us at amazingtruthpodcast@gmail.com 
or even visit our website, leave us a comment. As usual, we'd like to hear from you. So stay put, stay tuned as we continue with this story for today. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so far, so good. I think uh, that uh, I am learning and hearing and listening as, as intently as I can, and I hope so are you. Uh, again, we are privileged to have Kenan uh, and Nancy. We call them the AKA, the Obikos in the house, sharing with us their story. So uh, for those of you joining us, we are just talking about the stillbirth of their baby that they had. Context of this is Janu- uh, July uh, 2011, they got married. Uh, June, uh, you lost your first child. Now, we've gone through the phase where now, you know, uh, the child is born and uh, what next? Now you have to come home. What what, what did that look like? This I, I don't I don't want to call it a morning phase. I don't want to call I don't know what's the right word to use, so I'm going to be sensitive and careful. But what well, how was life after that? What did that look like for you guys? So and you can call it a, I think it's a grieving, it's grieving, a grieving process. Yeah, grieving. It's a grieving process and they're different, like we said, uh coping uh so yeah, I mean remember you 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 you're planning for a baby and mm-hmm. uh in normal circumstances you'll be planning for a baby shower at seven months, you're probably thinking about a baby shower in a month. Mm-hmm. So obviously you've prepared your house, mm-hmm. you've prepared your 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 room, you've bought oh, clothes, wow. mm-hmm. uh you've you're pl- you're planning for a baby. Mm-hmm. So you have all these nice things in the house, you know. Um but you're coming back to the hospital from the hospital and you have nothing mm. you don't have a baby mm. you know and let me get um, i mean and remember you when when this happens you know you're in a labor ward mm. so you hear other, other babies, babies crying, crying. Mm-hmm. you know and you see parents being discharged so i mean it's normal mm-hmm. to 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 be in a labor but it's those are some of the circumstances that kind of just de- destroy your destroy sometimes to this just destroy you, you as a being. Yeah, so we came home and it was it was again it's just difficult coming back you've you look at the clothes that you've been shopping, the diapers and all that stuff. So mm. Yeah, it was difficult to have a baby bump one day mm. and yeah. come back home the following day without a bump and without a baby mm. and breast and gorge mm. the body ah, doesn't yeah, know that yeah. You don't have a baby yeah. to breastfeed. Yeah. But so the body is going through the whole process and it's harder because there's there's no baby to suck mm. the milk. So I think on day one or two I even had to go back to the clinic. Yeah. Because the body was producing milk. Yeah, we need to feed a baby. Mm. So And it was it was bad. Um so Kenan had to do like a whole regimen mm. called cabbage. Mm and other stuff to help the milk go away. Mm. So the hospital recommended just like putting cold cabbage around the breast. I think every one hour. Mm. I don't remember, but he he was really helpful when it comes to that because for me, most of the time I was very emotional. Like I couldn't even, the pain actually that comes with the breast being engorged was so bad that I I just couldn't even do it. So Mm. Kenan was very helpful when it comes to that. But then, Remember, there's also visitors coming to mm. check on us and we have to excuse ourselves like, hey, mm. you know, so go to our room and then he can, you know, help me so that put the cabbage around the breast, uh, like cold cabbage leaves. Frozen cabbage. Frozen. Like frozen. Like frozen. Mm. Yeah. And for sure it did help. Within a couple of maybe two or three weeks it disappeared. But then things like the body doesn't know that 
there's no baby so your appetite is up there because your body is also pro- yeah. producing milk so i was also eating a lot because mm. the body thinks that i'm producing milk for the baby yeah so there was a lot of things going on mm. uh that were emotionally uh very heavy mm. i would yeah. say i and easy to speak to men mm. you know at this time again like i said you're in solving mode mm. um and you feel your your whole business is for her mm-hmm. and your energy goes there mm-hmm. sometimes you even forget to 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 grieve mm-hmm. you know yeah there's times i forgot to grieve and you just i'm not and i'm not complaining but you have to so i'm just speaking to the men so that so if you i was lucky enough to go through that process and i was able to um kind of manage it mm-hmm. as to be the best as i could but i'm just feeling out to the men who go through the same thing and they can't they don't know how to cope their energy goes to the wife you know wife. and so it's hard to manage so yeah and not to forget that uh <coughs> my mother in law Kenan's mom was around mm-hmm. so we also had to keep checking on her cuz she yeah. was going through a hard time yeah. as well wow wow this is are you okay Ezra? this is i, I am i am, I am. <laughs> I, well let me say i am i'm coping i'm coping yeah. so far I, i think that um you know we are conditioned that once you get for the most part not everyone you know there's that expectation of a baby you know you prep for it and i cannot imagine you guys is a room you know you shopped yeah. diapers is that you know aspect so now uh, earlier on you mentioned that your first baby so this is your first baby mm-hmm. right yeah so uh, uh what next now so the healing process goes this is year one of marriage uh and i think you might have mentioned uh, you had three total miscarriages within the first four years yeah so, so one still but two miscarriages two miscarriages right yeah mm-hmm. all right so, yeah. so, so yes go ahead nancy so after that we we gave ourselves time to heal of of, of which we were, we didn't even know like we were giving ourselves time mm-hmm. to heal. we were just going with the flow mm-hmm. uh, of which it took Can I can I cut? Did you guys seek counseling or any other sort of help? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. And I, I don't know if I don't know why, but we didn't feel like we needed mm-hmm. we needed that. Uh, come to think of it now, I think it would have been a good thing to do because mm-hmm. it it yeah, we didn't feel honestly that we needed. Let's say financially. Yeah, that too. We were not able to do it. Mm-hmm. If we were to seek a professional counselor, we were going to pay some money and financially we were not in a position to do it remember this is year one year of marriage, one of marriage. Yeah. we are still coming from a wedding mm. maybe we are still paying debt from mm. the wedding of course so man those of you who are planning to get married out there guys come for advice class 101 because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and and, and, and situations are different yeah. you know things happen and different yeah. within our community there was no support group mm. also mm. so i kind of leaned towards maybe a friend of mine who lives in Canada who was who had gone through the same thing mm-hmm. two or three years prior mm-hmm. i would say that was my support otherwise there was um uh, the I, grace is it grace foundation yeah the grace foundation yeah and the mother of the friend who took us to the hospital kind of shared her story too with us and yeah. that kind of helped us to And, and so what I'm hearing is that there are many people who probably go something similar but they don't share their stories. Yeah. So you don't get to know who to talk to in moments like this. For you Nancy had to be a friend in Canada who had gone through that. Yes. And yes. so now you are able to feed off their 
you know experience and and you know, encouragement and again is that the reason why i don't know if they offered us if we were offered counseling i can't remember no, if we were we, i don't think we were another thing why is rightly said that the we reaching out to someone mm-hmm. and that's the reason why we were sharing this is because when we were when we were in it i don't think if i said it or but we when we were in it we looked for someone mm. that who had gone through the same mm. thing mm. i think it would have been Uh, lighter which okay. which it did when we found someone who actually had gone through it mm-hmm. and that again is for for where the community we belong to mm-hmm. it's really isn't talked much about mm-hmm. and there's i know for a fact that there's families who mm-hmm. are going through this have gone through it mm-hmm. and their one way of coping is is different mm-hmm. so for us if we had found someone who uh had gone through it shared their story that it's normal it's it's okay This is what happens. It I think it have been a little bit easier. It was yeah, it have been a little bit easier. So now Nancy I caught you before you were talking about you wanted to give yourselves time. Uh you know after the first baby the healing grieving process and the healing process your body has to heal. Mm-hmm. So take us from there. Take us from there. How does that journey continue? Yeah, and that's why we actually chose the to go through the induction so that I can go through a normal birth because we thought that would be the quickest way to heal before we could start trying to have another baby because if i had had a c section it means i would have waited i think 2 years mm. before we would have started so oh really yeah that's the case yes oh wow okay so well we gave ourselves a couple of months and then we started following up with a team of uh doctors to see what really happened mm-hmm. and they did numerous tests mm-hmm. everything was normal blood pressure they did was this af- at after the, was this before the miscarriages after 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 so yeah we had so we had two miscarriages after that before no, i'm not re- talking about i'm talking about after the still after the still but correct mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'm we not a good storyteller. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, why Nancy's here. Oh, that's why you're taking information. So at this point, we were still going to HCMC and I remember doing them doing a balloon test to inflate my uterus to see what's really going on. And they couldn't find anything. Of course, there was that fibroid that was in question, but they kept saying the position of the fibroid was would not affect anything. So then we asked then why did we lose our baby and they couldn't pinpoint it to anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. even they did autopsy mm. the baby, they couldn't pinpoint wow. it to anything. Yes. Yeah. So uh, before you continue, so the um um the reasons we were looking for is maybe and the reason we wanted a still uh, a regular bath is so we can see if the umbilical cord mm. the, that situation mm. if you could see if the water there's any genetic material that was affecting it yeah another thing to that we 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 kind of expected answers we wanted an answer to yeah. know why so we can at least that will help Closure. us heal mm-hmm. but to this day mm-hmm. we well up until that time we didn't have any answers at all they tell everything looks normal we didn't find anything abnormal about it we uh, yeah. it happens we, it happens yeah they tell you it happens yeah it happens let me ask let me ask <laughs> So support system is in community you guys are people of faith your marriage is very young what are some of the issues your faith in terms of did this shake your faith if if it did at all did you find yourself either blaming even god or or even looking to him or 
did you find yourself in a state how did it affect your marriage because you know it's in these moments when marriage is really attested or they go through experiences mm-hmm. how was that for you guys it did not affect our marriage in in any case i believe we grew stronger mm-hmm. because kenan was such a good support system to me and he congrats kenan man He kept encouraging me. He kept telling me we'll go through this together no matter what. Mm. So for our faith for sure we grew. Mm. We grew in our faith. Mm-hmm. Because that was our only hope. Mm. We read the Bible like never before. We listened to church music. Yeah. We had people coming to our house oh. to sing and mm. that was a lot of comfort to yeah. us. I, the pastor Pastor Monene, mm-hmm. Pastor Mukua, they offered great support to us. Amazing, amazing man. Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Etienne even Yeah, we did, a, did yeah, he did he, a whole He used yeah. to come and sleep over. Mm-hmm. At the time he wasn't married. He slept for over for like I think two the whole time actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a blessing to hear those, you know. So, and, and and again, please anyone who's listening The reason why the obikos are doing this is because you might be going through something. Maybe not exactly similar like this, but there is hope. Yeah. It is it is it, there is hope. There is hope and we're coming to that part. So uh, uh so now two other miscarriages. The two miscarriages actually came way much later. We're still trying to find answers. We started going to a different doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now you're trying to find answers so, so you go to the MC we were like they're not giving us yeah. answers. The balloon we, test or that stuff yeah. is just testing trying mm-hmm. to see if what, what So, a friend of mine had shared with me that she had a fibroid and uh, she had gone to this doctor at Health Partners mm-hmm. somewhere in St. Paul and she re- she recommended that doctor. Mm-hmm. And so once Kenan one thing we forgot to mention as soon as we lost the baby Kenan quit my job quit his job oh wow there was no re- there was no way i felt there was no way i was going to be away that far mm-hmm. so if anything happens i need to be mm. yeah i should well, have you- i i should have i should have take i should have gone on leave actually i should have gone on leave so then i could have kept my my medical insurance mm-hmm. We were not thinking you, you didn't time. think so i just could i yeah so and so that's when the medical bills started coming again you know yeah. so if i'd kept gone on leave they would have given me fmla and of yeah. you yeah, probably we, we, would we have didn't kept, think we didn't think about that so i would have kept my fmla up to two years they said yeah i could go up to two years and i would have guaranteed my job and i would have kept my my medical insurance but we we were not, we didn't think and, and that's and there's nobody to tell us that's what we're talking yeah. about these things yes. is that yeah. you know that moment the stress level is very high yeah. at that very moment you're going through um you know emotions your mom is here you know you're trying yeah. to get answers for that so uh, but i think for those of you who are listening out there there's resources some which you already have from your workplace and yeah. uh, and I, i can i you know it happens it happens ask about fmla you know those those benefits that you're getting through your insurance mm-hmm. there's yeah just call just call and ask someone okay so now you're you're in st paul healthcare partners trying to create answers mm-hmm. so we went to see this doctor again like mm-hmm. for a second opinion mm-hmm. and he repeated the same test the balloon test and you know other blood work and He was like everything is okay with you. I don't see any problem. He wow. was actually like go get pregnant. Wow. So now <laughs> so now, so, so now I'm, I'm just Kenan yeah. and, and and Nancy one year into marriage lost a baby. Mm. 
you've quit your job you are trying to find answers i'm sure most people say the first is honeymoon or whatever they say for you it was a different kind of introduction to marriage yeah. it's like you 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 they say in marriage you graduate before you're given the certificate before you actually go to school you you just went from kindergarten to high school yeah like just just all these things you're dealing with yeah. All right so um, and there's uh, there's people who've gone worse we're mm-hmm. not saying ours mm-hmm. is the worst yeah. but there's there's people who have gone mm-hmm. gone through worse than we have mm-hmm. so, yeah mm-hmm. but our first year was tough yeah it's tough to, for our standards so did you ever find answers so when the doctor said go get pregnant that was our mission after that we went and a couple of weeks later i was pregnant mm-hmm. but once i found out i was pregnant they i think a couple days after that mm. on week 6 or 5 mm. i was at work and i went to use the bathroom and uh i don't know i when i once i was done using the bathroom i noticed that i had a smear of blood and mm. i was like no mm-hmm. i was just asking god like what is all this mm. i called kenan immediately mm. Kenan told me meet me at home so I had to go and tell my supervisor at work I'm I'm leaving and mm-hmm. I I didn't even tell him anything I was just you know like I just need this moment for mm-hmm. myself so I went home Kenan I think he was playing soccer <laughs> <laughs> and met me at home and we are home we don't know what to do and as time keeps passing the bleeding keeps increasing and we called a friend of ours and he, she advised that we go to our nearest hospital because i could be losing the baby mm. because this was new to me this kind of miscarriage mm. was new to me so i went to maple grove hospital and i think the doctor at uh the urgent care was not trained to handle such kind of wow. issues and he was just like i think you're having a, a blighted ovum something like that and you are like what's that he said it's a form of miscarriage just like oh. that and that was so devastating mm. so we went home and i mean we are all in our feelings no one is there to comfort the other cuz we are like second time like what's going on so it is about 5 6 weeks into six the weeks, six yeah 6 weeks, six into, weeks into the pregnancy so it happened that you know Kenan was very supportive again and the whole time he just kept reminding me you know we're in this together you know no matter what we'll, we'll come out strong mm-hmm. so it's all happened that you know time time just flew by and my next cycle mm-hmm. I I became pregnant again so I never even got to see my period mm-hmm. and of course we were happy mm-hmm. hoping for the best mm-hmm. and week 5 mm-hmm. we lost the baby oh wow But this was our hardest because we were like the, the doctors have done all the tests possible. Mm-hmm. They've run all the blood work. Mm-hmm. The doctor we were seeing at the time was at um Fairview Hospital in Baslake. Mm-hmm. She's saying that everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And at that point I remember sitting like after we lost the third uh baby sitting at the parking lot mm-hmm. of that hospital. I was so depressed mm-hmm. sitting at that parking lot and just crying wondering what's going on 
and that doctor was really helpful and yeah she she was like i don't know what to do with you guys yeah she i've never seen um you know when you're you are a support person to someone she 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 held she was helpless mm-hmm. she was helpless um she she didn't know she she didn't know what to do to mm-hmm. us so and then she for, for us and then so she said you know what try this uh try this uh she referred spe- us yeah, to specialist to matano fetal clinic at mm-hmm. uh, north memorial mm-hmm. and then we met a certain young doctor mm-hmm. who at the time was also working at the U of M mm-hmm. uh Fairview U of M mm-hmm. so that's how our healing process or rather our we started getting answers from there now mm. yeah so he went to this that the U um they had a special um they had a specialty yeah, department for women women's health and reproductive mm-hmm. so we started seeing these doctors they we told them our story they they read out they read about us they had every detail and looked like there's something they had and I might be telling the story very very wrong but yeah so <laughs> 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 so they 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 said you know they were they were very calm they're reassuring so they said we're going to try this so they tried this this and that and then they looked at the fibroid uh and they said you know they then they referred us for surgery right Yeah so the doctor we were referred to he was a very old doctor very old one thing i liked about him he used to do all the tests by himself he doesn't yeah. send you to the radiologist or to a certain you know department for the blood work he used to do everything by himself so he has the answers there when he's done he just sits there with you and tells you everything and i think it was after the first appointment that he was like we just have to get this thing removed yep. and mm-hmm. that's when i had to he have said you have it. you have you have one big one and little small ones the fibroids yeah all fibroids yeah okay. so and where they are they he said where they are is they might not be the cause but given the history given the history it's good to take care of them mm-hmm. so then we had us we had surgery and uh, i think that's where our our journey started coming right. up together i think this is a good time for me to uh transition and say that um this this is this is real i i don't know what you guys have shared but we we we're coming to the end of part 1 obviously listeners as you're listening this is a a, a unique uh powerful uh personal uh story from the obicos and um I just want I just want to transition stay tuned because we'll be doing a part 2 for this but but as we transition maybe as we close the, this session for for this part 1 session the question I'm I, I'm going to ask is uh that you guys can share is one why did you guys decide to share this uh and why are you continuing to share because we'll do another part 2 and then the other question that I want to ask is um what are some of the uh um if you can summarize the the the, the how is how's your notion about child rearing conceiving you know changed so if you can just summarize those two and then we'll wind up as we transition to to the next we'll we'll have part two next week all right so i'll probably tackle what why why we chose to share our story and then Nancy will do the the second question or we can yeah so the reason we're sharing this is because when we were going through our own story we we kind of looked for we my for me we wanted to know if there's someone who's going through the same thing are we in this t- alone and and um 
it has been hard for us to share with anybody mm-hmm. and and i think listening to and friends talk talking to friends and families who have gone through it now when we started sharing mm-hmm. i think it helped them and it helped us mm-hmm. at that point where you're really down and you're struggling and you want hope you want answers you, you sometimes you don't even need those answers you just want to know that yeah this is okay this is normal it happens and i will go through it and listening from people who went through it and mm-hmm. have had children who have grown and graduated mm-hmm. and that gave gave us hope so we wanted to share this so that we can open up that forum mm-hmm. and even start conversation about support groups mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in minnesota here in the us that mm-hmm. can help families young couples whoever mm-hmm. that have gone through stillbirths miscarriages mm-hmm. and and uh and i like what um the waiting wombs mm. uh, they say it's, uh, it's it a, hard yes it's a waiting womb mm. it's not shut it's waiting mm-hmm. it's a womb in waiting so mm-hmm. that's why we share wanted to share our story powerful powerful and for the listeners who are listening if you have a story that relates and you have a comment of encouragement or even just want to highlight and say maybe you've gone through it please remember to hit us up in our handles yeah. in social media mm-hmm. uh, amazing truth podcast uh, you can email us at amazing amazing truth podcast at gmail or even our website we'd like to hear these stories because i'm sure the obikos are not the only ones who have been in this journey and uh, there is someone who's going through this journey and these can be the support system for you yeah. and so thank you guys for being willing and open to share that um notions and i think you tackled that that you say the preconceived notion it's not a shut womb it's yeah uh, yeah and i i always thought and Nancy will talk more but i always thought that when you get into marriage you start getting kids uh-huh. and it's rose <laughs> you go uh-huh. yeah but i think god was trying to tell me that no it's not mm-hmm. and you have to go through this mm-hmm. so i think the notions of marriage is this and kids are this mm-hmm. you see people with kids like kind mm-hmm. of them you think everything is good no it's not people are going through mm-hmm. that a lot yeah what is your parting shot nancy for this part one my parting shot is um you know through the whole ordeal even to date mm-hmm. i quickly learned that i cannot do god's like i cannot do god's legwork for him mm. He only wants me to do is to trust and believe mm. not to try and understand what he's doing. He mm. he knows where I am. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is pray, trust and believe that it's going to be okay. There you have it listeners uh, the obicos in the house bringing to us their story uh, again as 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 you're listening uh, sh- uh, make sure that you share the story let let someone to hear this story who could be going through something Uh, and I just want to thank you all sincerely for choosing to be here with us. This is the end of part one. The Obikos will be with us again next week, sharing with us their part two. Again, thank you for joining us. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk.